Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on the home of the plethora of programming. That is CKCC Radio, and now CKCC Video. I'm your host, Matt Hardman. I think I already said that, I don't know. It's a new year, all that new fun stuff. And we got a lot to talk about. Uh, A lot of big announcements, I mean... There's big announcements and there's big announcements. Um, And this certainly is one of the episodes where we had a lot of big announcements come out this week. Um, Four of them, to be exact. Uh, So we're going to forego the traditional pop quiz nose again this week. And just get right down to the heat of the matter. And uh, what's actually funny is two of these are a little bit intertwined. Um, And we're going to start off with the announcement of um, what was inauspiciously going to just be the announcement of Jimmy Johnson's car number uh, for his return uh, to the Cup Series in a part-time role as a driver in his first year as a driver and part owner at uh, what was Petty GMS with Jimmy Johnson. Uh, of course, it's not going to be that simple. Um, not only was it the announcement of Jimmy's car number and the sponsor that he will be running in the Daytona 500 as he tries uh, to attempt uh, the Daytona 500 in his first race for the new team. Uh, this is obviously an open charter, so he's not really locked into the field, but he will be driving the number 84 Carvana Chevy uh, Camaro for the Legacy Motor Group. Um, Legacy Motor Group obviously being uh, the Petty GMS and Jimmy Johnson becoming a uh, hard owner. The Legacy obviously comes from the fact that both Jimmy and Richard Petty are the only two uh, living drivers who have won seven championships. There's only been three drivers, obviously. The third being the late, great, one and only NASCAR Hall of Famer, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, so with that, um, this this pairing here uh, with Jimmy and uh, the Petties and GMS. This is a reflection on their 14 total Winston Cup championships and almost 300 career Cup Series wins and their multiple Indy 500s, Daytona 500, sorry. And uh, I think this is great. Um, Obviously, he's running, he won't be running the 48, which he ran his entire Cup Series career, but he will be running an inverse number of that, the 84. Uh, which was last campaigned by uh, A.J. Allmendinger in his lone season with uh, Red Bull Racing before uh, being replaced by Scott Speed, uh, who would run the renumbered 82 car for them. So uh, I think this is really cool. Um, I was really excited to hear this. Uh, <coughs> because I've actually 
Jimmy has come a long way in my book. Uh, you know, over the last couple of years, he was kind of that old guard. I, it's weird when I say old guard. Um, and you'll understand why when I talk later on in this episode. When I say old guard, these are drivers who have been pretty much going back to the Winston era of racing. Um, during the Winston Cup series and whatnot, uh, Jimmy came on in 2002, just two years prior to um, the, the new rebadging of NASCAR's top tier series. So he's, he's been around a while and, uh, you know, really wasn't a fan of him, uh, even though I, I did appreciate his talent and his driving style. He wasn't a reckless driver. He wasn't a, uh, a wild man. He wasn't one who would, I don't want to say cut corners, uh, maybe his crew chief, Chad Knauss, Uh But in terms of Jimmy, he was a very methodical driver. Um, in a lot of ways, reminded me of stories of, that I would hear about um, David Pearson, who is probably the one guy who I would actually compare him to, out of all the drivers in the past, I would compare him to the Silver Fox, um, NASCAR's second um, highest, uh, second all-time on the on the wins list. He's the only driver outside of Richard Petty to hit that centennial mark for um, career Cup Series wins, and uh, David Pearson did it in lot less races than Richard Petty had run, uh, as he would, many, much of his career was due to, he was running partial seasons, not full seasons. So, uh, with that said, I think that, um, that this is, you know, I, like I said, I have a lot of appreciation for Jimmy. I'm not a huge Jimmy fan. You won't see me with a big 48 flag, uh, waving it at the track or whatever, but the fact that uh, Jimmy kind of um, did things his way, his methodical approach, and um, he took that same approach when he retired from full-time racing to go um, check one thing off his bucket list, and that was running IndyCar um, for having no real experience in open-wheel racing. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to call his... Uh, Indy, his IndyCar career a absolute failure, even though most people do, because, you know, he failed to finish on the podium, uh, in his career. He was mostly a backmarker at a lot of the road course races, um, when his teammates were winning championships. I think that it was just a, a high learning curve for Jimmy, and, um, especially that late in his career but you know he did walk away with the Indy 500 rookie of the year uh, last year I ran very well in Indianapolis and ran well at a lot of the uh, the oval tracks unfortunately IndyCar obviously is more uh, road course and street circuits uh, that you know it really did not equate into his overall numbers there but now that he's back in NASCAR I think this is going to be a, a, a unique challenge for him for one and I think a, a great uh, boost for the sport <laughs> as we're seeing a lot of drivers 
uh, that have been around the sport for a while kind of um, leave the sport. Uh, and one of those, uh, he has announced his that 2023 will be his final NASCAR uh, season. And this one doesn't come as a surprise with um, a lot of people, uh, myself included. And that is Kevin Harvick will hang the helmet up at the end of 2023. Uh, Kevin, who um, I literally, uh, I'm, I, it, it's hard to speak objectively because I'm a Kevin Harvick fan. I even have um, his Kevin Harvick happy logo uh, tattooed on my left calf. I'm definitely a Harvick fan, been his whole career, um, his whole cup career, I, I, let me preface that. Um, Kevin, obviously, who came into the sport in 2001 under some pretty auspicious circumstances, uh, tragic circumstances, I, I should say, instead of auspicious, uh, as he was put in the inevitable position um, to drive the good wrench car um, what was the former number three car um, just less than a week after uh, the passing of Dale Earnhardt uh, Richard Childress Racing continued on soldiered on um, as it would have been Dale's wish for the team to continue on um, rebranding uh, the the um, the three car with the 29, which paid dividends for this young man as he would start his first career race at Rockingham, um, pick up his first top 10 uh, the next week at Las Vegas, and win in his third race. Uh, you know, a, a, a fitting race if you're gonna if you're gonna win after replacing uh, Dale Earnhardt. You win that third place in probably one of the most memorable circumstances, um, beating Jeff Gordon to the line by mere inches, and not only that, but um, winning in that, that third race uh, at Atlanta, which Dale Sr. won the year before in the same circumstances, <coughs> and um, that pretty much launched his career, a career which has featured 60 Cup Series wins, um, the 2014 championship, um, Brickyard 400 wins, um, two win, two championships on what is now the Xfinity Series circuit. I think he's won 40-something times. And he's also won uh, truck championships as an owner uh, with Ron Hornaday. Um, won many truck races. He is one of, I forget how big the number has gotten now, but he is, has won in all three series. Uh, and um, pretty much, you know, with two young children, uh, with uh, Piper and 
Keelan, he is, you know, transitioning to the role more father and a husband. Um, and it's no secret that um, he's been linked to the Fox booth, uh, replacing uh, Jeff Gordon, uh, who has obviously taking on day-to-day -day duties at Hendrick Motorsports with Rick Hendrick. Um, last year they had a rotating cast there in the Fox booth, but uh, for 2024 it looks like it will be him along with Mike Joy and uh, Clint Boyer in that booth. And Kevin has done a great job as an announcer. Uh, certainly going to miss him behind the wheel. He was definitely one of that old guard. Um, and while I wasn't a huge fan of Kevin when I first saw him race back in 2000, um, I think a lot of it because he kind of took that AC Delco sponsorship. I always equated that with Dale Sr. Um, it was just the fact that he was, um, he went out, won at Bristol, won the very next year, um, at the Food City 250. I was there for both of those wins, and that Food City 250, if I wasn't, he hadn't already won my respect, and I started to become a fan at that point. Um, that race made me a fan. He came from two laps down. Uh, to win pretty handily. Um, one of my favorite Bristol moments um, for all the races I'd seen at Bristol. That was certainly one of my favorite moments, one of my favorite races. Uh, so with that, and you know, he, he raced for Richard Childress for quite a long time. Um, gave them, gave Richard Childress Racing their second Daytona 500 win. Uh, also, unironically, he would he would um, be the second of the three drivers that have won for Richard Childress Racing, the Daytona 500. So, have all that. Um, obviously, joining in, in December of 2013, the announcement was made that he would be joining um, longtime friend Tony Stewart um, over at Stewart Haas Racing. And that paid dividends as he won the championship his first season and has won 37 races um, in the four car. And, um, you know, won a couple of, won a, I don't remember how many Brickyards he's won. He's won the Southern 500. Um, he is a bona fide Hall of Famer. Um, I've talked before about Jimmy Johnson being a first ballot Hall of Famer, I think. Uh, the same thing with Kevin Harvick when it comes up. There's no doubt in my mind um, that Kevin what is a bona fide Hall of Famer, um, especially 60 Cup wins, 60, and 37 of them just since 2014 is an immeasurable number. Um, so, you know, I... I think when the announcement was made, it was a little bittersweet because Kevin <coughs> became my driver kind of before my the first driver that actually got me into the sport had officially retired. Um, it was Rusty Wallace was the guy I followed first, and I became a Rusty Wallace fan. And during time, I became a Dale Earnhardt Sr. fan. 
um, obviously, you know, my transference from senior to um, Harvick happened um, after the 2001 Daytona 500. I stayed a Rusty Wallace fan. I, I stayed with Rusty up until his, you know, I, I was still a Rusty Wallace fan up until his retirement in 2005, and I kind of <coughs> knew that that was always in the thing, and I, I had had, I became, you know, going all in in 2006 on Harvick, um, then when, now with this announcement, it's kind of bittersweet, because I, here's a guy I'd watched his whole career, I wasn't, I wasn't following the sport, because I was a little young when Rusty broke into the Cup Series, actually I think I may have been not quite even two years old when Rusty made his Cup Series debut, um, but when I started following the sport, Rusty was already winning races and on his way to his lone championship, and uh, so that was, that was something. Um, but Kevin not only will be announcing uh, for Fox in 2024, he's got a, he's got a full plate in 2023. As not only he'll be searching for his second title and possibly his first Daytona 500, hopefully, uh, we he will have his hands full as he is one of four people that have gone in and purchased the assets of the Cars Tour late model and super late model series uh it will be kevin harvick nbc on uh, uh, nascar and nbc analyst jeff burton along with his co-host in the booth um, dale earnhardt jr and track house uh, team owner justin marks the four of them have bought the late the southeast late model series the cars tour um, as they help um, grow the late model uh, series and um, kind of oversee the growth of probably the biggest late model series in the country. Um, Earnhardt Jr., Burton, and Harvick all, all raced uh, late models in their career. Uh, Burton and Junior in the uh, southeast at places where the Cars Tour runs, you know, like Hickory and North Wilkesboro <coughs> and, um, you know, Florence Motor Speedway, uh, what was formerly um, uh, the Myrtle Beach Speedway before it was torn down um, in South Boston, places like that. Harvick competed on the West Coast, uh, whether it was Mesa Marin or um, I'm trying to think of some of the other tracks. Um, but they, they all started off in these late models that, that helped launch their careers. And um, then, you know, Justin Marks, who's, who's become a big proponent of it um, throughout the years, you know, even after his, his racing career was over and, you know, he's kind of slid into that um, ownership role. Uh, these are these are guys who believe in late model uh, racing and, and believe in its growth and that it'll help not just the growth of late model racing in the cars tour but it opens opportunities for drivers who've come through late model it helps get them ready for like 
a NASCAR ride. We've seen it. Uh, Dale Jr. Um, with his uh, late model team with uh, Josh Berry. Josh Berry is now um, one of the stars of the Xfinity series. And certainly a guy who, I'll tell you right now, um, you know, his career was changed by running late models. Um, he ran late models, then started driving late models for Junior Motorsports, and that has made all the difference. Um, it can help open doors for people like um, Bubba Pollard, a late model standout. Um, Steven Nassi, another late model standout. Um, well, I was going to say Travis Benjamin from up here in the Northeast, but Travis is, is winding... It seems like he's winding down his career, but he uh, is a late model standout after running him, you know, in his early 20s in what was then the Bush North series. He's kind of transferred to that after uh, the Bush North series kind of, I don't want to say folded up, but kind of got absorbed into this whole, uh, what is now the Arca Menard East series. Um, but, you know... These, these are guys who make their bread and butter. Um, speaking of butter, Brandon Butter being queen, this could be huge for somebody like his career, his young career. Um, he's already on the map, you know, he won at um, Florence uh, Motor Speedway in a race that uh, Dale Jr. was in. He's been on Dale Jr.'s show um, when they were talking at North Wilkesboro. I think this is a young man who's got a lot of talent. Um, and a late model, and it would be very interesting. Um, Carson Kloppel, uh, Travis Kloppel's son. Uh, these are drivers in this Cars series, which um, I've always paid attention because they had cool little things like the Easter Bunny 150 uh, held on Easter Sunday at, um, at uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, and in the fall, Hickory would run the Throwback 276, which is one of the more... It's becoming one of the more prestigious late model races in the country. A lot of teams through throwbacks. They do a lot of fan activities uh, to kind of mirror the uh, throwback weekend at the in, at Darlington and what was the Southern 500 and now moved to their spring race. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff. And this is a series that um, formed back in 2014 uh, with the folding of the USAR. Uh, Hooters Cup Series, and it kind of filled, you know, took the spot of that, and it's, I'm actually really excited for the growth of this series, because it, it's some, it's some fun short track racing that you could see any Saturday night at any racetrack in the country, um, and I'm really, really looking forward to what they're going to do. Uh, in the upcoming years. As for 2013, um, their first year under the ownership, nothing's going to change. The tracks are all going to stay the same. The schedules are going to stay the same. There's not going to be new any implementations on the cars. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and the, the final announcement, with this one, I'm not going to say came out of left field because there have been rumors of this one off and on for years. Um, and that is Kyle Larson. Uh, who, who's pretty much won in everything. He's probably even won a late model somewhere. Uh, that Kyle Larson will attempt the 2023 Indianapolis 500, um, making his IndyCar debut uh, with Arrow McLaren Racing. 
<coughs> obviously, Errol McLaren running Chevrolets uh, for Pato Award, and Felix Rosenquist, and um, Alexander Rossi. Uh, they will be partnering up with Hendrick, um, HendrickCars.com, and Chevrolet to provide this opportunity for Larson. Uh, this rumor has been around for years, and I never really thought much of it um, because of, um, you know, Larson running for Chip Ganassi, and Ganassi had his multiple teams in both IndyCar and NASCAR, and obviously now that he's sold his assets in NASCAR and, you know, kind of stuck with um, IndyCar, which is where he got his start as a team owner, um, I think that this is a, um, it was a move I didn't think was going to happen. I know Errol McLaren had been rumored to give, um, Kyle Busch his debut in IndyCar. Um, so I really didn't hold on to, to either one of those. Um, I didn't think this was a Jimmy Johnson situation where he was going to go part-time you know, run this, because it's a lot harder to kind of run one of these one-and-dones, especially a race like the Indianapolis 500, then have the Coke 600 afterwards. Um, there's only been a handful of people to run the double. Uh, Tony Stewart uh, has run it twice. Um, Robbie Gordon has attempted it. Um, John, The late John Andretti being the first driver to actually attempt this back in 1994 so we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of John Andretti's historic day and only a handful of people have done it since obviously like I said Tony Stewart has been the most successful with it um, you know Kurt Busch Kurt Busch was pretty successful with his but I think Tony holds the overall thing, and now Kyle Larson is going to try it. And Kyle Larson, like I said, he anything he hops in, he is a contender for a win. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting um, to see that. And and I'm very, very happy to see uh, Zach Wilson, uh, who is the owner of the majority owner of the Arrow McLaren team, and Rick Hendrick kind of going to get a deal because I think Kyle Larson is, as I said before, with like a Kyle Busch or a Ty Gibbs, Kyle rightfully, Kyle Larson rightfully so, is one of those generational talents. Um, I never thought it at first when he was coming up. I thought it was just all hype, um, but he is a hell of a racer, and we certainly saw that during his, um, his sabbatical. I'll say, from the world of um, NASCAR, you know, while he was suspended from NASCAR for um, for his situation that happened on um, on a video game live stream, uh, iRacing live stream, uh, you know, he started, he was, he continued racing his World of Outlaws after they had um, said, you know, he could come back there and he won just about everything that there was out there that he was racing. Um, so, you know, I started to believe the hype. And obviously, you know, it's not bad when you're the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. You know, a year after being um, busted 
and sent home for a year from NASCAR, you come back and win a championship in 10 races. Um, that certainly says something. So um, I'm looking forward to what he can do at Indy. He, you know, he might win another Indy, Indy 500 Rookie of the Year um, for one of the NASCAR guys, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Busch have done it. Uh, so it'd be very, very interesting to see that. Um, <coughs> so that's that's quite a bit of news right there, and um, I'm certainly really excited for 2023. Although it'll be bittersweet because knowing that this will be the last season, last chance I'll get to see Kevin Harvick race, uh, whether it's on TV or and knock on wood. Um, hopefully in person this year. So with that said, it's going to be bittersweet. I mean, I've already found a driver who I'm, I'm pulling for uh, once Kevin retires. Um, and it's no secret if you've listened to the show, you've heard me rant and rave about this young man. And uh, this is also a young man, much like Kevin. I really didn't have the high, uh, highest opinion of him per se. Uh, it took me a little bit to warm up to him, um, but this this young man has certainly been um, a a, uh, a a breath of fresh air, both um, <clears throat> you know in my eyes on the track and off it, uh, much like Kevin was. So, uh, with that said, you know I'm looking forward to 2023. I almost don't want 2023's season to end um, in terms of racing. But anyway, with that said, I am Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track.